0: good afternoon everybody welcome to the matt townsend show i'm your host dr matt townsend your coach your guide on the side chaperone of Sky Boy Hanson, The great little nymph who runs around in his jammies.
1: It's a tough little beat, huh, Matt?
0: It's not a beat. You're I think you're through a
1: hard time clapping just so you know, that. Everybody,
0: No, I'll show you. When the show comes on, we play music, and I always hit a certain beat, but Sky, I think, is expecting it to be another
1: beat that I'm going for. I'm expecting you to hit the beat with the with the music we're listening to. No, you're wrong. That's not what I'm doing. Why? I'm syncopating doing? the beat. You're syncopating the beat. The beat has been syncopated. How is how? Uh, uh. It's in between every beat. <laughs> no, see so that would be on the upbeat. It's an upbeat offbeat. It's not quite there yet either. It's like he acts like he knows.
0: <laughs> what are you doing? He acts going to like school he, for this? It, he he's not. He's he's going to the school for the board. He's Going and to he's board sure to school. Go. Hey, uh, today we're talking about, you know, the things you never knew about parenting. Like, there's stuff that's just not in the books. And you don't find it out until you've got a baby. And, I don't know if you know this, they're hard to put back.
2: <laughs> the return policy <laughs> on babies there's is not really a, a bear. Policy.
0: So you pretty much are, you have to keep them, yet learn. You with me? No, I know you it guys can't awful. even fathom this idea.
2: No, no, no. Do we want to fathom it?
0: Last night I was with 30 beautiful young men and young women, all under the ages of probably 18. How many did you want to kill before the night was over? 28 of them. Okay.
2: And I'm assuming... The other two didn't even know who they were. I was about to say, I'm assuming the two that were yours um, are actually included in the 28.
0: Yes. And like, okay, we're going where it's about 10 degrees. It's freezing. We all walk around down by Temple Square in downtown Salt Lake City. Beautiful lights there, incredible ambiance, wonderful experience. Kids, I've got a bunch of these kids. Have, mine aren't even wearing coats. My son's wearing a sweatshirt. Survival of the fittest. He's carrying his coat, but he doesn't. It doesn't look
1: good. So not, more, what's more important?
0: Right, you wear a coat.
1: It doesn't matter how you look mm, when, when you're about to lose. You know your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah, when your arms are falling off. Fashion is secondary. But if you look good while your arms are falling off, there's a lot to be said about that. Go out with a bag. Yeah, holy cow, that guy's so good looking. <laughs> if only
0: he had his arms back. That's crazy. So I'm sitting there. How do you... Okay, that's something they don't teach you. How do you get your child to wear their coat? I thought you just let him go out in the cold and then he'll smarten up and wear his coat. No, my son carried his coat for two hours around the freezing cold. Fix that. If you just...
2: Get something gross, some, like, drinkage or some food or something. Foodage. Um, throw that all over what he's currently wearing. Be like, oh,
0: oh that's
3: if
2: it. only you had something to cover up all of that Panda Express that's on your um, on your shirt. Oh, that wait, worked. it's a good thing you have a coat. Yeah, that would have worked. I mean, he has grease burns, but. Well, sure. That's that, to leave the lesson on his worked. chest.
0: Now, guess what, though? Uh, then I have a report back that he's got all these girls that were just he he had three hundred girls chasing him.
1: See, I don't so of that claim.
0: Well, that's what the guy that the other adult that was walking around with his group was saying. Like, holy cow, your son has more girls after him. So he suffered a
1: little bit for the greater good.
0: Right. Well, sure. We took him to the hospital. He had black toe. He was losing his girls. Speed. But he's got 300 girls. Yeah. That'll be great. Someday they can wrap his little stubby feet because he's lost all of his toes. Kids, see, that's the problem. And you guys don't get it because you don't have kids yet. Because you guys actually I don't think know. I came up with a solution to that problem. That was a good problem. I think you'll be a great parent. Uh, no, let's not risk it. That's a good point. Um, I think you'll be great. I think you'll all be great. I think most—I think two of the three of you will be fantastic.
1: Well, hey, statistically speaking— parents. And the third? And the third— Extra Who fantastic. The third? the third would be you, Sky. Hey, you, you're you're sporting some green today. I got some green on. What color green would you say that is? Like Limeish Kelly, Kelly green.
4: Color green.
1: What would you say, Mike? Like this is Mike Pond. This like is not vomit, vomit, vomit.
0: color. You it's know, not like, like the how eye. is this vomit at it's all? Less vomit, and it's more. It's lime.
2: Lime. But it's, it's, Mike. You need to quit drinking glow sticks. That's why <laughs> it's Kermit. Kermit. Yeah, it's,
1: kermity. Kermity. it's like Kermit. like Kermit.
2: That's actually pretty true. Yeah. It's very good. But it's
1: got some fashionable blue lines on does it. Does your mom know that you wore them? <laughs> Is this a bad shirt? No. What's wrong no, with this I'm shirt? No, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. If that's what no, I mean. I, no, it's fine. No, that's, I, don't, I don't. I don't care what wear. I don't you wear. check my clothes with my mom every single day. I don't send her a Snapchat or anything. Hey, mom, does this work? You don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, you used to. No, I send that to you. Oh, okay. That's what it's just. You so never I, responded with this shirt today, so. Well, I think it looks great. Thanks. Seriously.
0: Yeah, honestly, Kermit,
1: my favorite Muppet.
0: Uh, What else is there? Miss Piglet? Miss Piggy. Piggy. Yeah. But I like it. It's green. Thank you. It's beautiful. Hey, what would you do if you're sitting there watching the Nelson Mandela Celebration of Life Memorial, and your son was up there next to President um, Obama? Or any of the myriad presidents that were there. Uh, And all of a sudden you look up and your son is translating – Using sign language, the president of the United States at probably the biggest gathering of political leaders in the history in the in the last 10 years easily. Right. They're all there. And your son's up there and he's just (laughs) working it and he's rocking. He is working it It's like sweating. And you're in your head. You're like, no way. I didn't even know he knew sign language. It's like he made it to the big show. Yeah. He's in the big show. Then you find out later, he doesn't know sign language.
2: You know, when, when I heard that, my first thought was, high five. Yeah. You sold it. We all, because yeah, 95% <laughs> of us bought it. How,
0: I'm like, man, my sign language is bad, but that doesn't look good. How did he get that job? Well, That's he, the problem. He's still defending himself,
5: too. He's, he's still saying he knows sign language. He was on CNN yesterday. Oh, he was.
0: Yeah. He had a breakdown is what he's saying, that he, he had a schizophrenic
1: breakdown that happened to just be in front of the world. So that I feel bad I, about. I feel like he has to know sign language to get that job. I don't How know. do you get on TV well, I don't right know. next to all these you presidents? I'll bet you bucks he slipped somebody 20 bucks,
0: put him right next to the president. <laughs> I mean, that's scary for our security. <laughs> yeah. But if that's your son, again, I'm sitting here thinking as a parent, oh boy, what if that was my kid up there pretending to do sign language or doing it but- Having a breakdown—that would be bad. It's scary. See again, something you can't control as a parent, like what your kid wears to school. Uh, you can't, control especially it. when
2: your kid's in their mid twenties.
0: I mean, should a kid with red hair really be wearing a bright green shirt? I'd say Holy no. It looks cow. like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I'd say no.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I really do. No, like. no. Whatever. I, I That know is what? one of my favorite you know colors. What?
0: And I appreciate
1: that. Of At all least the I things- can fit into the shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but of all the things you wear, that is the one that looks like, that's the jammy top. That's the top. Do you have a bottom? Yep, you do. Oh, you're wearing the whole outfit. You're all green. With those cute little skinny legs. Socks match, too. You got oh, green boy. socks, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, do you guys ever have a moment when your parents, when you know you push them to that moment that they weren't prepared for? Like, you knew you reached the apex of their learning in parenting. The, the moment when they, like,
2: I have no idea how mm-hmm. to like, deal with this. Yeah, what do you do there? What do you do
1: there? Do you remember one, Sky? Are you asking when I pushed my parents uh-huh. to that point? And you saw it in their eyes, like,
0: oh, boy, I don't know what to do.
1: I did that all the time. Like, I messed up so much. Yeah, or you and just did so something so
0: weird that they don't, like, there's no answer for that. That's not in the book. That's not in the parenting book.
1: I don't know if I ever did that. Did you ever see your sister do it? My sister, yeah, probably. My brother. What did he do? Do you remember? Um, I'll give you an example. You think. Okay.
0: <laughs> I came home. My wife was sitting there. All the kids were eating. My one son was crying. I look over. His nose looks a little swollen.
2: He probably deserved it.
0: Yeah. He apparently had uh, been putting things up his nose. Totally deserved it. Like, I think his was a Lego head, the head of a little Lego man. You know the little Lego man? Just any little Lego figurine. They have a little yellow head that pops right on a little thing. That was up his nose. Did he do it on purpose? No. He was just oh. hiding the head. I think he was trying to get the guy who was trying to get up his nose. He pulled the guy, broke his head off, head is in his nose. By the way, daughter, same thing, but hers. Have you guys ever had frog eye salad? Um, yeah. so like, I guess no. frog eye is like this little like noodle. Marshmallow it's, kind it's, of it's, it's, it's got marshmallows in it, but then there's little like noodles, but they're little round noodles, and they call it frog eye salad. But right. it's it's like a – it's kind of like a pasta, I think. sounds like spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's a sweet – They serve it's it sweet. cold. Uh-huh. And it's cold, and it's usually got a little. It's good. It's good. Well, my daughter had been shoving little pasta, frog eye noodles, things up her nose, and she couldn't get them out.
2: What? Uh, how many? What was her like? You know, record? Would she get to?
0: I, I think we got. I don't know, three or four.
2: Oh, that's not. Oh, well, that's nothing. Well, play. well, but exactly.
0: Except it is. You got at least break double digits when but you're it's, sticking it's stuff in her nose, nose. You know, and you know, there's a sinus up there, and there's all these other things up there, so it could be problematic. So two different times, I came home. Something stuck in the nose. You can't get it out with just your finger. My wife had already tried that, pretty much lodged it up higher. What do you do?
2: You, you teach her the one nostril snort.
0: Yeah. How do you teach that to, like, I don't know, a two-year-old?
2: You hold their mouth, you close one nostril, and you say, blow.
0: That's exactly what – no. You, what you do is you got him. Cry, I got mine crying. And um, you just have to time it right, and I just timed it right and blocked the nostril. And then when she was breathing out, I just hurried and cupped her mouth. And she shot frog eyes all over.
2: <laughs> now, That's what I imagine that sounding
0: like. You gotta be careful because you don't want them to suck it in. It's all timing. It's parental timing. What do you do with the boy that you're changing the diaper, and the boy
1: starts going while you're changing the diaper?
0: Uh, That's not in the book. Or do you,
1: or you find a magnet. I remember that happened to my brother a couple times when he was younger. He found a magnet in the <laughs> – My mom – Are yeah, you serious? He, he ate a magnet? He swallowed magnets. was <laughs> taking that magnet obsession to the
0: extreme. <laughs> that would be so funny. Like a magnet sticks to your watch. What the <laughs> – what's going on here? Isn't that weird? But see, again, what do you do when your kid eats a magnet? I had a little baby. I don't even want to go there. <laughs>
2: that story got disgusting fast <laughs> I can't even tell you
0: but a little one and two year old I guess at a little play group that my wife was holding walked up to me with a handful of dirty stuff from her diaper uh, that- and I'm nope. just, again I can't handle nope. smells so I'm like <clears throat> I was dying did you just throw
2: up right on the kid
0: but again what do you do they don't. they don't talk about that
2: speaking of throw up my nephew lives in the or his room is downstairs and the rest of the house is upstairs and uh he had his first throw up experience, oh no, which is a bit traumatic, you know that's Babies horrible Babies just kind of like you know yeah. blah, oh, okay, it's yeah. everywhere, um, but you know, when you get older mm-hmm. it's he, a more, he's eighteen um, he's six, okay,
0: that's terrifying,
2: it's well, you know, at either age at any point in your life, really, um he was downstairs, and uh the process of uh throwing up began, and so he finished throwing up. And so he thought, well, this was awful. I'm going to go run upstairs and tell mom what happened. Oh, but because this was his first major throw-up experience, he forgot you're not done Oh no! when you think you're yeah. done. See, that's it. Just chill by the toilet for the next 20 hours and you're probably safe. See, that's not good. Um, and so my sister had to call my mother and say,
0: how do you clean throw-up that went up the stairs, yeah. not down the stairs? Yeah. See, what do you do? See, in the books, they don't say that. What the books say is, if your child's suffering from a stomach issue, give them this. But they don't talk about – or you can go to the cleaning book. How do you clean this up? I know, right? But what do you do when it's still – the kid's still in the problem? We came home one time. We had left our daughter uh, babysitting with her friend. It was the first time they ever babysat. We walk in and my one son is sitting with his legs through the banister posts. I don't know what you call it. And his head was stuck in the banister. Oh,
4: yeah.
0: Stuck legs, chubby little legs, and my daughter had moved the TV over where he could watch it, and she was feeding him. Well, all things considered, <laughs> I mean, she did she a great job. He situation. was very calm.
2: I mean, she didn't fix the situation. No, but she and I'm like, don't
0: keep feeding someone when their head's stuck. <laughs> do First the thing opposite. you do, don't do that. I know that. What do you do there?
2: Just get a new kid. It's hard.
0: Let that one dry up, and you know, let it dry up. We can't. He's right there in our center of our house. We walk by him every time. We have to hear him.
5: And when you, you have a question that you don't really know how to answer, it's tempting to go and look for the answers on the internet. Yeah. And usually the first few things that will come up are, are things from Yahoo Answers. Yes. Do not trust these. Yeah. These people are crazy. Yeah. People I've are read, out. They're devil. That's I, the devil. I've read insane things on there.
0: <laughs> it's so true. How do you get your, head, uh, your child's head out of a banister? You pull. You just twist. You twist and pull. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's not how you do it. Elbow
0: grease. Elbow grease. You know what? I'm not even going to let you in on the secret. I'm going to let you all find it out. But there's a moment. Every parent knows it. When we had our first baby, we're ready to leave the hospital. They walk us out. They lock the baby in the car for you. They, They connect their seat in and make sure everything's perfect. Then they shut the door and look at you and say, Kay, have fun. And you're like... Oh man, you guys have no idea how messed up we are. You're gonna give us this kid? Are
2: you Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Are you yeah. guys can still take it back? Yeah, you like, guys really.
0: Can... And they're like, no, it's all yours. <laughs> and it's fun. It's neat. It's cute. And then, huh? Like that first night. When the, what do you do when the baby won't go to sleep, and it won't keep the food down? Huh? Parenting. That's just. That's just with a baby. But that's the entire show today. We're, we've got an expert today that's going to help us to understand the about the missing pages of the parent handbook. What are all the things that we don't know? Uh, and uh, Christina Brockett's going to be joining us. She's the author of the book, The Missing Pages of the Parent Handbook. She's going to walk us through, give us some tools about some parenting surprises and some parenting techniques, as well as how to find happiness amidst, amidst all the confusion. We're talking parenting today. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about, uh, you know, all the secrets that the parenting books don't tell you. How to handle... The little things that uh, could be really big catastrophes, maybe even could get the police officers called. At least uh, Child Protective Services. Yeah. Our own Bryce Lamar Tobin. Uh, again, someday before Bryce leaves, we're hoping he'll let us in on the secret of what his real middle name is. Okay, right I now. just might do that. Will you? Not right now. Do you promise. Because we're using Bryce Lamar because it spells BLT. Bryce Lamar Tobin. It's
2: wishful thinking.
0: The BLT you used to for about the first year of the show, all you would talk about is Bacon.
2: Well, that sometimes there's only some things that are actually worth talking about.
0: You know how Sky, for the first year, always talked about Hello Kitty? You only talked about bacon. Okay, BLT. Apparently, you're child number two of two. I have half the experience
2: that I'm talking about in this rant.
0: Do you think that your sister that was one of two was treated differently than you, who ended up being two of two? Uh, most certainly So, apparently, different skills for different childbirth order.
2: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. Kids are like pancakes. They're best served with syrup. No, I'm kidding. Kids are like pancakes because they require your attention or else they're probably going to turn out bad. But for anyone who's fried up some pancakes, we all know the first one is very different from the last one. The first pancake receives special attention. You're concerned about the quantity, how fast you pour it into the pan. You're worried about the pan. Is it the right heat? Is it greased enough? Is it greased with the right stuff? Is your spatula clean? Is it right for the person who's about to eat it? And this one always turns out a bit strange. One side might be cooked just fine, but the other side is a little undercooked might be a little misshapen The pan might have been too greasy, and the pancake is technically fine, if not a little spongy. This is how we treat our first kid. We're super concerned about everything. We gotta make sure they eat healthy, bathe regularly. Everything has to be hypoallergenic. They can only be exposed to certain kinds of media. They get read to all the time. Generally, they turn out just fine, but there's always something a little odd about them. So what happens to the pancakes after the first one? You care less and less with each iteration. And you wanna know the weird part? The pancakes seem to get better. You just sort of figure out the right amount of grease to have, you're able to wing it with the quantity of batter and just make it work. You don't care that things are getting a bit grimy or that there's charred residue from former pancakes. Even with this lack of care, you're able to churn out nice golden brown pancakes that are just the right size. The same thing goes for your last kid. You don't really care what they eat as long as they eat all of it and they're full. We'll worry about nutrition later. Did they take a bath today? You remember them taking a bath at some point in the past and they don't smell entirely like feet, so whatever. How are they doing in school? Eh, well, the truancy officer hasn't given me a call, so I know they're going and for now that's good enough. Have they been watching Power Rangers for the past six years instead of something a little more educationally edifying? Whatever. It gives mom and dad 23 minutes of peace, and sometimes that's the best part of a parent's day. And then, with only a quarter of the effort, this kid turns 18, graduates high school, and they aren't a complete and total mess. So, when you compare first and last kids, parenting actually makes zero sense. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
0: Kids are like pancakes. First one's a little funny.
1: And Sky brought up a really great point. What's what would you say, Sky? You always throw out the first pancake. Which which where do you fit in the family, Sky? I'm the first oh, pancake. There we go. <laughs> Imagine Sky that. boy. I am the first pancake. I was the fourth <laughs> pancake.
0: I'm the one when there's just hardly any batter left. You're just like, eh, I guess I'll try. <laughs> they just it's like like you're gonna,
1: missing, yeah, some, missing. Yeah, some stuff. Yeah. yeah. At least no, they, I
0: wasn't all burnt and runny. <laughs> so it's, I'm
1: also the only one with red hair. I
3: wonder yeah, if that's like.
0: And what's funny is no one in your family has red hair. Yeah. No, oh, well, you know, whatever. Anomaly. You're an anomaly. The first kid's always a little weird. I don't know why. I, I totally agree. And you know what? Well, and they get more. They get so much attention. Holy cow! <laughs> My daughter got so much attention. Spoiled, rotten, also overregulated.
1: However, the first child is usually there when the parents aren't don't have as much money yeah that's true so i was there when my dad was in medical school and we had no money yeah and so i never had anything now my little sister gets just about anything she wants which see that's and that's what i had i was the golden child because i got
0: everything i wanted and you know what i think that's god's way of uh helping the better children come out later because he wants us more (laughs) spoiled more gifted more blessed Uh, yeah i don't know about that last part (laughs) that's just a theory (laughs) It's a theory. Um, so, but we don't, you know, we don't neglect the kids. We I don't just know. Is it that we care less? Or is it that we kind of realize, you know what, don't worry about everything. Kids I think are, that's what it is. They're I think resilient.
2: Eventually you just realize, you know what, maybe this book isn't probably the best thing the kid could be reading, but the yeah. kid's reading. He's reading, you know what, best. my job's
0: done. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to go take a nap. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I think that's, you know, your first kid, you buckle in tight. Right. You know, your second kid. You just hit the brakes really hard, and if yeah. you don't hear their head yeah. hit the seat behind yeah. you, you're probably all right. I used to, I mean, to this day, I still say to my kids, you know, get your belts on, get your seatbelt on, and, you know, what do you do? You just, but I wouldn't move my car with the first one.
2: You're like, is it in? And you yeah. go a little, and you tug on it, and you go, okay, yeah. okay, we're good. And you just keep your hand on the kid. Yeah. Just, you know.
0: But it's weirder because, like, when they're 16, you can't just, I'm pulling over, and you don't pull over, and you can't go and lean over your 16-year-old and buckle him in, pull it tight, and then kiss him on the forehead.
2: And <laughs> be like, I love you, and but, I hate the decisions you make. I know.
0: It's not you I'm mad at. It's your seatbelt that you're not wearing.
2: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's kind of stupid. It's not the seatbelt's fault. No. Seatbelt is an unfortunate—
0: uh, I think there's something to—I think you found—I think you found—and I think there's your book right there. There's there a go. book. Pancakes. I are like pancakes. Best served with syrup. Best served with syrup. That's a great metaphor. Thank you. And then, and then the first chapter, throw the first one away.
2: Get rid of it. Have your first kid, and just don't care about that one.
0: That's where the metaphor breaks down. No, but you could you could write it together with Sky. Okay, good. That's good then venture. you could have the you could have the, the baby child the the young baby that would be you, and then Sky could represent
2: the the burned misshapen yeah, oval. Yeah, overly controlled, uh... way too gooey in the
1: center. <laughs> I think that one's you. Yeah, you're a little goose. <laughs> he went there again. He's <laughs> yeah. that's the second
2: thing. Well, you do keep going back to the redhead jokes. So yeah. tit for tat.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I haven't made a joke about. I've just stated the facts. <laughs> he just he just, just wears gr- he wears green and red. You just don't do that. I am not mediating this. That's fight. like wearing white after whenever you're not supposed to wear white. Sure. I don't know when that is. Oh, a rule.
2: Is it like after the first snow because then no one can see you? That it's would snow. make sense. It's like
0: something – I don't know. I don't know these things. But it's there's a rule. You don't do it. And uh, Sky does it. You know, whatever. Uh, we're going to come back in a break after this break with Christina Brockett, the author of the book, The Missing Pages of the Parent Handbook. Do you wish you had some um, some of the missing pages of the parent handbook? Some of you out there are wishing you even had a handbook, right? That's the goal of the show, is to give you some tools. Uh, Christina's going to enlighten us. There's some funny stories coming down from uh, parents who have had some big surprises. Even bigger surprises than your cute little red-headed son wearing his little green froggy outfit. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Everybody to the Matt Townsend show. We're still trying to get the beat right. <laughs> He's so critical of the beat. I try to drop the beat, and Skyboy makes fun. No, you're of it. definitely dropping it. You're losing it. <laughs> I'll drop you in a minute. Hey, today we're talking about uh, you know the little truths that you didn't read in the parenting book. They weren't there. They always tell you you know if your child's suffering from this, do this. What they don't tell you are the things you never on earth expected. And every parent knows what I mean. You've all taken your baby through a mall and had the baby have a blowout is what we used to call it. And all of a sudden, you are like, no way does that little baby have that much pressure to get that stuff so far. It, it happened. And it'll happen to you. I'll never forget it. And then all of a sudden, you you don't remember that you should have like two or three extra change of clothes for everyone in the family. It, nobody tells you, what do you do when you walk over and your son is sticking their finger in your baby's mouth? Okay, no, 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 no. We don't put our fingers in the baby's mouth. Okay, that's not in the book. Please make sure your children do not put their hands or anything else in the baby's mouth. It's not in the book. You find that out, it's on your own. What do you do when they spill? All over the place, on your white carpet. Don't get white carpet. I know, I mean, who would buy a white carpet? That's the dumbest thing in the world. It's so on the it's show like today, wearing a green shirt. It's like wearing a green shirt <laughs> with red for hair. For heaven's sakes, <laughs> um, it is like wearing a green shirt with red hair. We're talking about what to do and what the parenting books don't tell you about the things that kind of slip through our uh, our own correspondent, Michael. Guillermo Pond is joining us. Mike, what have you learned?
5: Yeah, there's a few things. You've been uh, researching? Yeah, I've, I've been you know, reading the, the forums of the internet, and there's a lot of very useful tips that I thought were insightful. You
0: went to the interweb <laughs> yes, to sir. find out parenting tips. Right. And what did you type in?
5: I typed in uh, 30 practical tips that movies and TV okay. shows do not tell you.
0: This is in case you tend a niece or a nephew. Right, of okay, course. Here we go.
5: And uh, one one of the things that that I read that I thought was pretty funny was it said those those are what to expect books. Yeah, oh yeah, I read every one. Those are those are the worst. They're terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because uh, kind of some of the advice is uh, if you they scare you to death. You know, if your baby's doing this <laughs> yeah. or if it's not doing this, your baby will die. Yeah. And that's just that's, that's not a, true. No.
0: I mean, your baby won't die. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, you know,
0: they'll just be different. But you do <laughs> then you start reading everything into it like. Uh, something was about weight they they the funny thing about babies i didn't know this but they put your kids in a weight bracket like hey your kids in the 10th percentile for weight what is that supposed to mean i guess 90 percent are higher are better and are more in an average weight category i guess that just means they're just more now but here's what's funny if it works when they're a kid why aren't we still doing that like, why, why aren't you like, hey, my name's Bryce Tobin. I'm in the 82nd percentile of height. I'm, yeah, I think I'm in like the 96th. Yeah. And uh, we don't do that because if someone were overweight, he'd be like, I guess, hi, I'm Matt. I'm in 100 percentile of weight, 125th percentile of weight, hypothetically.
2: We don't do that anymore. Well, it's, it's ranking.
0: And of course, we can't rank. When was the last time you had your head measured?
5: Man, I don't think they've been doing that for 50 years. Do right. they still do that? I mean, no.
1: Well, they're just for babies.
5: Oh, for babies, right.
1: They uh, measure your head? No, but I'd like to because I never know what size of hat to get. I'd get small. And that
5: would be really useful to small, know. Small? Small. I'd,
1: I'd actually get probably a girl's large. Girl's large? With all this poofy hair? Yeah. So maybe a girl's large because they have longer hair is bigger? Probably not. Uh, actually, maybe child large. Um get it in green. What else? What
0: are some other ones, Miguel? And get it in green.
5: Um, make sure the books you read your child yes. in the first few years are are tolerable for yeah. you, yourself, because you'll find that you will read that book thousands of times to come. Yes.
0: So. Over and over. So you know what, we taught our kids to read Sports Illustrated. Which <laughs> is a great thing. Because then it's just sports. Sports, sports,
5: right, and you're you're excited. I mean, you may not realize it when you're walking through the store. Sure. Oh, that's a cute book. It's not going to be cute a no. hundred times. It's not later.
0: That's a great. That's great advice. See again, they don't tell you that.
5: No, and uh, you know, oftentimes, and we've mentioned this several times already, but in in movies and television, you, you'll often see as as comic relief, a, a baby will vomit or defecate yeah. on on the holder, and it's yeah. funny, but yeah. that
0: happens a lot more. No, a lot. A lot. In real life, so... And uh, parenting. What, What are the surprises you've had? We'd love to have your calls today. I want you to call and let us know what's a surprise that was out of the box. What's something that happened to you and your cute little kidlets that you really could never have been ready for? And then all of a sudden, it's like, surprise! And, um... You had to deal with it. Give us a call one eight five five chat BYU one eight five five chat BYU. We're going to get you on the phones, and I'd love to hear from you. What are you? What's your take on this? You're, you're a parent. You know what have you gone through? If you're a grandparent, I'd love to hear stories from your grandchildren. One eight five five chat BYU. Anybody that gets on the show, we are going to mail out a book. We have a huge list of books you can choose from. And uh, pick a book and we'll mail it out to you because we want you to be part of the show today. one chat byu uh, Imagine this. We're sitting there at uh, – my wife was actually had my child. They're in line at the store. No one tells you this. And my, um, there was a cute little guy at the store who was a, kind of a teenager working at the store as the bag boy guy that would fill up your bags. He had bad acne. And my child spoke when he shouldn't have been speaking. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Chicken pox, daddy. <laughs> oh,
5: <boy. laughs> uh, that's, yeah. that's bad. What do you say? Do you say anything? What did you
0: say? I wasn't there. It was my wife's opportunity. <laughs> Not me. What do you say? See, nobody outlet. teaches you. Nobody teaches you that. Nobody teaches you what to say in that moment. Uh, we, um, I've had a child call uh, a man a woman. A woman. No, a woman, a man. My one child said, oh, wow, look at that Look at that guy, mommy, and it was a girl. It's embarrassing. And nobody, nobody prepares you for that. So that's why we brought our guest on today. Christina Brockett is joining us. She's a working mother, speaker, a writer. She's a mom, mommy blogger of Mom Evolving is the name of her blog. And she is the author of the book The Missing Pages of the Parent Handbook. And by the way, she lives outside of Washington, D.C. with her husband and two children and a dog, and she's here today to teach us what are in the missing pages of the parent handbook. Christina, are you there?
6: I sure am, Matt. How are you doing this evening? Good.
0: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing great. Couldn't be better.
0: Two beautiful kidlets and a dog. Yes. That has got to be some fun times.
6: Yeah, it's it, very fun times, especially this afternoon when my daughter had to make an emergency appointment to the orthopedist for a potential break oh. right before the show. So yeah. you know, it, it life throws curveballs at you. Totally. When you, have kids.
0: you know what's funny about that is I've, I'm not a doctor, but we've had two children break legs, and we've actually delayed before we took them. So that has now become the great story of malfeasance and horrible parenting that our children tell. <laughs>
6: Well, you know what? I I talked to the, the doctor today. He goes, you look like you're in a hurry. I said, actually, I am. <laughs> and this is what's going on. And my husband may be meeting me here. So if you see a strange man that wasn't in the room before and I vanished, that's what's going that's on. That's
0: what's happening. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I hope they're okay. Have you heard?
6: Yeah. Yeah. No, they took an x-ray. She had broken a wrist before. They thought that she had rebroken it, but she hadn't. They just think it's a really bad sprain. So. <sighs> It's all good.
0: That's, all good. That's all good. And I remember, I mean, I've been in a speech before and somebody came up at the near the end of the speech and they said, yeah, you'll want to hurry home because your son was just taken to the hospital in an ambulance.
6: Oh, my gosh.
0: And I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, he broke his arm playing football and an ambulance Hi. and a fire truck and two police cars showed up. It was a big deal. Oh,
6: oh my goodness.
0: But nobody tells wow. you about what? that. I mean, it was it was a just a broken arm. I mean, no one died, but you know, it did cost us. A
6: you lot. know, my brother played football, and you know, there were some serious. There can be some very serious injuries oh, on the football field. Yeah.
0: So this is the deal, though, huh? Parents, there's tons yeah. of surprises. And, Absolutely. And you can't know all of them, can you?
6: No. Not at all. I I liken parenting to walking into a class one day and realizing that you're given a pop quiz and you don't have any of the answers. You haven't (laughs) studied, you're completely ill-prepared, and you have no clue what you're doing.
0: Well, and it's a subject you thought you knew, but it's really harder than you knew.
6: Absolutely. You know, I am a Type A personality. So before we had kids, I researched everything. I have you know all the every parenting book you know stacked up on my nightstand, and even with that, I realized just incredibly how inadequate I felt <laughs> um, when I became a parent. And you know, when you're a Type A personality, that doesn't sit very well yeah, with you.
4: That's not good. Um,
6: no, no, not at all, but that 's where you get into realizing, especially when you 're talking to other parents that are in the same boat as you. Um, I had one instance where my son had been very ill, he wasn 't even a year old and I remember that was sort of the first time that I really had that sort of panicked moment where I was assuring him that everything was going to be fine, and I realized I had no clue what I was doing. I had no idea if everything was going to be fine, and I felt like a complete fraud. And I talked to a friend of mine who was a mother of several children. She basically laughed at me, (laughs) and she said, you know what? That's what it's like all the time. Welcome to parenting. Welcome to parenting because truly you never have all the answers. You never know what you're going to do completely correctly. And it, parenting has a way of throwing you a lot of curveballs.
0: So, so you really did put this together going through it. You weren't, you're not at the end of this. You're kind of smack oh, dab in no. the middle of the, all the surprises. And you thought, wow, maybe I could aggregate some data about this myth of perfect parenting.
6: Absolutely, and I I started it with writing my own essays to sort of get, I've always been a writer and, and whatnot, so that's how I started, and then I started talking to friends, and then I started taking notes of their stories and their words of wisdom. Because I think the essence of parenting, which you really have to realize, is when we're all in this boat together, nobody's perfect. Mm. Um, And if you think you're gonna be a perfect parent, you're in for a really rude awakening. And um, the second thing is is that, you know, no matter what books you read, blogs you read, material you find on the internet, um, some of the best wisdom that's out there is not the academic. It's from the real-life experiences of people that have been in the parental trenches. Right. And so I started gathering their stories, and for two years I turned it into this quest, and I interviewed parents from all over the country of children of all different ages, and um, even grandparents and, and the like, and put together this compilation of when they had a moment that parenting handed them the unexpected, <laughs> what they did about it, and what would they say as a words of wisdom, like yes. if I'm talking to you, hey, if you've been there, let me tell you, this is what my takeaway was from it.
0: I love that. Because um, really, we, this, oh, this perfectionism thing, we fall into it anyway. But to fall yeah. into perfectionism on something as absolutely unperfectible, if that's a word, imperfect, I don't know, uh, something you can't perfect as parenting, right, right. it's too dynamic. And every child – and there is no perfect answer. So it's all no. its all – they're all good, right? I mean most of the choices we end up having to make is know I mean, – they're choices like, you know, do I read this book or this book? Do I feed this or this? None of these things right. are really going to destroy your child. But, you know, we're watching so many other people, and we have so many movie stars telling us the best way to parent. And right. I mean, what you're saying, though, is really common knowledge, trust kind of the – more of the – a little bit of the old wives' tell, not but yeah. the stories that are handed down.
6: Yes. I, I think the stories that are handed down, the stories you you garner from friends and from family members and the like – But, you know, the other piece of that is that at the end of the day, and you kind of hit on this a few minutes ago, Matt, is that every person is different. Every child is different. I mean, even within my family, my two children, I have a little girl and a little boy, but their personalities couldn't be, I mean, despite the gender differences, they are completely different individuals. And so... When you get this wisdom or advice from somebody else or, or whatever, you absolutely have to customize it to whatever your unique dynamic or situation is. Because right. what works for you, I can't just overlay that on to my situation, nor can I overlay that on one child you know this worked great for my first kid well the second kid's completely different and it's not going to work for them yeah. um, you need to modulate and you know customize things
0: yeah and relax relax parent yeah. people people with much less with much many fewer skills than most of us have been raising children for eons i mean this is this is old school this is uh, some absolutely. of it's natural and some of it's more natural and you don't even need I mean, there's learning, but some of it's just intuitive, and then, you know, some of it's kind well, of a surprise.
6: Absolutely, and it's funny that you say that, because there's a story in my book I had interviewed. It's a doctor, She's a and she, she said, you know, her husband came home, and there she is just crying, and she's just looking at him like, I don't think I can do this. Mm. And he looked at her, and he said, trust me, you know, th- let's take a step back and think about this. There are people that have, you know, a lot less going on yeah. that are able to do this and have done this forever. You can do this. And, you know, it It just took a little bit of prioritizing of things. But, Love it. um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's an adventure. I think that's the way you have to look at it. It's right. an adventure. And if you do that and not take yourself too seriously, um, you know, you'll come out doing just fine. At least that's my hope anyway. Well, not yeah. it
0: well, and i think, <laughs> Again, I have six kids. Six oh kids, goodness. Christina. I know. We don't have TV. And I just, <laughs> the deal is, you're right, everyone's so different. and But the lessons and the principles can apply. We're talking with Christina Brockett, the author of the book, The Missing Pages of the Parent Handbook. We're going to come right back. She's going to start to uh, teach us some of her most important learnings. And uh, hopefully, in fact, I want to hear a little bit about the rose and the thorn. That's coming up next with Christina Brockett. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about uh, the missing pages Of the Parent Handbook, the author Christina Brockett is joining us. She's a mom of two, and, uh, you know, right now, in the moment, dealing with a real parental, you know, scary moment, possible child with a broken bone. Welcome to the program, Christina.
6: Oh, thank you, Matt. Good to be back. Any updates? Uh, No, no updates. She's got her brace on. All is good.
0: Okay, what you say is she's resting, she's in stable condition, and she's resting comfortably.
6: Yes, she is resting uh, comfortably. That Very makes comfortably. it
0: sound so official. Yes, of course.
6: It's got to be official.
0: Okay, so Christina, help us here. Um, tell me, if you can, you know, where have you learned the most? You as a parent, like what's one of the big learnings just you personally have gone through as a parent?
6: Well, you had mentioned before the break talking about uh, communication and and the rose and the thorn, and you wanted to learn about that. And one of the things that I I gathered through this series of interviews of people um, is the real key to having a good relationship with your child is communication and having that be a two-way street. And I had an instance... Uh, within, it was about a year ago, and I was sitting at my daughter's gymnastics class and a friend, peer of mine, was sitting next to me. We have sons and daughters the same ages, and she looked over at me and said, so did, you know, your son tell you about XYZ at school today? And I looked at her, and, you know, that complete blank look, and you think, oh, my gosh, no, he didn't. And then why didn't he tell me this? And then she looks at me and says, "Oh." My son tells me everything, and then you have that sinking feeling, yeah. like, "Well, why doesn't my son tell I'm me?" I'm a everything? loser. What, yeah. I'm a loser. What? What am I missing here? And you know, she is somebody I respect tremendously. So I had to know. And you know, I spent the last couple of years talking to parents and interviewing them. So put her on the spy. Said, so "Tell me what you do. How is it that you were able to have this communication with your son?" And she said, she kind of laughed, and she said, well, we do this thing called a rose and a thorn. And basically, it is this technique to increase communication, and you categorize um, the day's events into two buckets, a rose and a thorn. And at the dinner table, everybody, parents included, sit down and they go through a a rose and a thorn. And you can list more than one hmm. but you have to list at least one rose and one thorn and um part of the beauty in this is that for really younger children the visual of a rose and a thorn is something that they can very yeah. easily well, categorize great. their um day into and you've got these two buckets rather than hey how was your day fine yeah you know it it says oh what is your rose today? What was your thorn? And the other really neat part of that was in every day when when life seems gray and dark and awful and nothing's gone right in your world, there's always one, one positive thing that you mm. can find in every single day. So it encourages that too, because I think we can get caught up, especially when the car won't start and this doesn't go right and that doesn't go right, to fail to see something positive that's happened. And the really interesting thing was I introduced this to my kids and my husband, and we sat down and we started doing it. And I found out more than I had ever found out before about what was going on in their lives and what was bothering them, the things that were exciting them. And the other piece of that is they got a little bit of insight into – mommy and daddy's lives as well because then they wanted to know. Now, obviously, you know, there's certain content. It's absolutely not appropriate, but, you know, they got to see different things and then it increases their sensitivity to things that you as a parent are going through versus, oh, that's just mom, right? you know, in terms of that role. So that's a technique that we use in um, our family, and I know my friend, I had gotten it from her. Since then, over the last year, several of my friends have taken it up to doing it, and they are seeing similar results. Um, That's a great idea. Have, yeah, it, it just it's it's easy. It's a great sharing time, and if something's really bothering them, that is a thorn, they can categorize it. And I've even had my son, who's a tween say to me, you know, at night, mom, I had another thorn, but I didn't want to talk about it hmm. in front of, you know, yeah. my sister. Yeah. Okay, that's fine, buddy. What is it? But they've already, you know, through the day, categorized, okay, this is the rose, this is the thorn, and they've grouped their thoughts in that way. So, and they've already gotten into the habit of talking to me about it. Love so it. even outside of the dinner table, it then overflows into other areas.
0: Well, and the symbol, imagine that you've got, so that just teaches them, life's going to be full of roses and thorns, right? They come together. Yep. Night and day. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Wow. Good stuff. We're going to take a break. Uh, We're talking with Christina Brockett. Um, We're going to take a break. She's the author of the book, The Missing Pages of the Parent Handbook. During this break, I'm going to go talk to Skyboy about the roses and thorns of his day and uh, see what I can come up with. See if we can't bond and connect and finally, finally create some communication. Maybe even get him to change that sweater. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. Yes, two hours in a row. Matt Townsend, Grande Show. We call it a Grande Show because we went from one, hours to one hour to two hours. Hey, uh, before the break, we were talking with our wonderful guest about um, thorns and roses. And so I decided I was going to turn to my great, uh, my great friend, my pal, my surrogate child, <laughs> And um, Skyboy Boy Hanson, uh, who again today is sporting a beautiful uh, uh, Laffy Taffy green sweater, shirt thing. And I said, hey, so Sky, uh, what was your thorn and what was your rose? And Sky, do you remember what you said? I've already forgotten. Yeah. Well, you said, <laughs> um, what are you talking about? Pretty much. You're like, oh, thorn, thorns, roses, what? I mean, I... So let's go back to our guest uh, who brought us this great idea. (laughs) Christina Brockett is joining us. Christina is the author of the book, The Missing Pages of the Parent Handbook. And Christina has put together stories and ideas from a bunch of parents she's been interviewing over the years. She has two kids herself. And in all of this great work, Christina um, just barely taught us this idea of the thorn and the rose. Christina, welcome back to the show.
6: Well, thank you very much,
0: Matt. Now, don't be offended, but Skyboy, I went to ask him, what was his thorn? Now, for those listening that didn't hear it, the thorn would be kind of the negative thing of the day, the thing that didn't go so well, and then what would be the rose? The rose would be the beautiful thing of the day that went well, and we would bring these up and have conversations about the thorn and the rose of our lives. And so I turned to Skyboy, Sky, what's your thorn and what's your rose? And he wasn't listening. So <laughs> here's what I want to know, Christina. What do we yes. do? What do we do with a a a, a late blooming teen, a very very late blooming teen that's in college, that isn't that doesn't listen?
6: Uh, Help me. Yeah, that's that's a hard one. It's hard one. That's a hard one because by that point it's you know you can keep trying to reinforce it, but that's that's a hard one.
0: Yeah, we've been thinking of just giving it up. (laughs) Anyway, go back, Christina. To one of the things that you brought up. was uh, you have a ticket system that you that you talk yeah. about in your book. What's that about?
6: Yeah. And I I actually got this out of one of my interviews. And um, the woman was having, she has four kids, a variety of ages. And it's kind of, what do you do when the timeouts, and obviously this is geared initially towards younger kids, what do you do when timeouts aren't going to work anymore yeah. because they're older or you have children of a, a wider span of ages? And she researched a bunch of things and adapted it for herself, which is the ticket system. And what we did is very similar to her, but we customized it for our family unit, is we sat down and we created the Bracket House Rules. Oh, boy. That
0: sounds serious.
6: Yeah, it is. It's hanging in my kitchen. Yeah, that's cool. It's framed. It's up, you know, where everybody can see when babysitters come. Perfect. I let them know all about the ticket system, yes. hear the possible areas of violation, and, <laughs> you know, go from there. But um, basically, at the start of the week, uh, the children are given seven tickets. And by the end of the week, they have to have at least earned two And the reason for that in our family was we realized our son could skate by very easily without doing anything whatsoever and not lose a single ticket all week.
4: Mm.
6: And our daughter, who's younger and a little bit more mischievous, would blow all of her tickets. And if you blow all of your tickets or you're below seven for the week, you lose something.
0: Solitary confinement.
6: No, not solitary confinement, but, you know, lose a privilege, um, you know, a a favorite item, something like that. And we thought, you know, there's got to be a way to earn back tickets, so if you do something outside of the norm. You know, outside of your normal chores, you go outside and and do something nice for the neighbor, or you see somebody struggling, carrying in groceries, you run out and you grab a whole bunch of stuff without being asked. You earn tickets for that. And we employed this idea of putting in this, uh, you have to earn two tickets by the end of the week or you actually lose a ticket. So if he has Ooh. seven and he hasn't attempted to lose one, automatically he loses the privilege yeah. for the week. Um, and the reason we did that is it is very easy. You know, I do a lot for my kids, and it's very easy for them to not think outside themselves. Yeah. And this encourages them to think outside themselves and, and do for the greater good of the family unit, help somebody else out, do an act of random act of kindness. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I really liked, there are several things I like about it. One, for me, the a lot of the emotion that goes with a child misbehaving starts to be diminished when you can say, "Listen, you know the rules. You helped create the rules. Right. You violated the rules. Busted. Take a ticket down. Yeah." Busted, take a ticket down and, and you, you make children, them go
0: take the ticket down Oh
6: absolutely.
0: Oh that's horrible. Absolutely. That is.
6: No. They have to go up there and that's do it good. and for everyone they lose they take it down or they get to put it up. And that's where I think the other really nice piece of this is is that you know everybody has to be accountable for their action or their inaction. And this is a very it's a visual accountability system it's also tactile for them and they have the power it's within their power to change their reality for the better so if you're like my daughter who in a span of an hour might lose four tickets because she's completely throwing a fit and falling in it um over and over and over again because she's lost her temper well she has the ability within her power to do good, yeah. and help make up for having lost tickets by gaining them.
0: Well, and it reflects life. I mean, life. There are tickets. Sometimes it's right. pay. Sometimes it's you know not being arrested. Right. But there's, yeah. and I, you I mean, in Sky's case, and so there's a there's a there's a cause effect. And what exactly. I kind of like about it is when they're really young, like that. You can't always just expect them to intuitively want to just go for goodwill. I exactly. Mean, so, but you're creating, you know, there's incentives in life when you're outside of yourself, and there's, you know, there's consequences when you're inside yourself and you're only worried about you. Exactly. So, I love it. That's great.
6: And then at the end of the week, if they have ten or more tickets, they get a special treat. Maybe it's we run a movie. Ooh. Or they go get ice cream yeah. or, you know, just Positive something. reinforcement. Positive reinforcement. You've worked for this, and this is what we're going to do to acknowledge that.
0: I love it. So, and it's better. To me, it yeah. seems cleaner than the taser system.
6: Yeah, it's, it's a lot better. And Less intimidating.
0: Have, but it's like yeah. sometimes we use the force and the fear to try to get these kids to see it, and you're just finding a positive way to, and really in a way maybe even build togetherness because that movie could be watched by the family that you know that's absolutely. something we can do together
6: absolutely well,
0: what other practices have you uh kind of discovered for family togetherness
6: uh one of the things that we do is um we create a family bucket list hmm. and um we are getting ready to do this again we kind of do it over christmas break and um then we we look at the upcoming year and we say, okay, what are some of the things that we would really like to do together as a family? And uh, they can be, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of geocaching.
4: Yeah. You oh, ever
6: yeah you heard of geocaching? That's big out oh, here, we, yeah. We love to geocache, and it's a fantastic way so to bond as a family.
0: That's where you go out into the desert, right, and you look for certain... Geodes rocks. Lude. Yeah, you look for. No, yeah.
6: no, not geodes. What There's, are you looking um, for? It's actually a program. It's, oh. it's a website. Oh no, and you are given
0: no. latitude
6: and longitude, and you can put an app on your phone, oh, or you yeah, can actually no, have a compass.
0: So it's really and like you. are out. You're out navigating and trying to find treasure.
6: Exactly. Exactly. And it's like really like pirates. Could, Kind of like pirates, but positive pirates. Day it's not pirate. necessarily a treasure, treasure, but, you know, figuring yeah. out the clues that they've given you is a great way because you're solving a family puzzle. Love it. You know, and you're working together. As a exactly. So there are a variety of activities that we do like that. But the thing is, is you kind of have to put them on the schedule as much as you can each month because, you know, you have six kids. I can't even imagine... Uh, managing six kids and all their schedules, it gets very complicated to then have cohesive family time. Right, And so you have to make a point, or at least we do in our family, to schedule it, make it a priority. And if you've got a list of things that you're trying to accomplish, my kids will go, Mom, we haven't done this yet. Let's put that on the schedule for next month.
0: I love that. And And then it's their idea, so you always kind of have the fallback. Let's go try this this week. Exactly. you take that off your bucket list. Exactly. Hmm.
6: Absolutely. Geocaching,
0: they call that, huh?
6: Geocaching, yeah. And it's all over the world. There are geocaches all over the world.
0: See, okay. I got to get out more.
6: (laughs) You got to expand your horizons, Matt. I
0: totally do. Well, part of it is I've I've got six kids of my own, and then I'm raising this pup, Skyboy.
6: Oh, well, you know, Skyboy sounds like he's a bit of a challenge for
0: you. Oh man, you have no idea, Christina. In fact, uh we wouldn't have we, somebody left him on our front porch. Oh, when he was just a little baby. And he was the example, he was licking a dog when we saw him first. And we're like, "Nope, don't lick the dog, honey." And we brought him in and we got him his first green shirt and it was and love. Now
6: he wears green all the time
0: Yep, he wears green he actually wears his like tight jammies
6: and he wears a cape
0: and he's a superhero we call him skyboy wonderful yeah he's now wonderful. he's now f- infamous, I was going to say famous he's not famous, <laughs> he's infamous though
6: wonderful yeah, wonderful
0: um talk a little bit more what what other any other like family togetherness i love um I love what the idea when it comes from my kids to do. Some things, but have you ever noticed just as a parent that sometimes you want to break? You don't want to go do what the kid wants to do. Yeah. And you don't want to be selfish. Have you learned anything in working, you know, in talking to all these other parents? What do other parents do to kind of stay energized, to stay alive?
6: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I think that's where we have it goes back to the beginning of our conversation of this idea of being that perfect parent. Yeah. And that perfect parent is always there and is always on call and wears the superhero, you know, cape and everything and never takes time to address their own needs. And I think that that's a a huge mistake. Um, And I gathered this not only from my own personal experience, but you know, I had interviewed this one woman who's now a grandmother, and she she has six kids, mm. and she said, "No matter what you do, you have to make time for yourself." And she said, "Doing so will make you a better parent. That's right. Not only will it show your children that you need, you are an entity in and of yourself that needs time, and you respect yourself enough to take care of yourself, but." it will re-energize you and be able to bring you back. There was a story once that I heard, and I honestly don't remember where it was. Um, It was a a radio show, and they were talking about parenting, and they were talking about this idea of parents needing to re-energize themselves. And that many, many moons ago, um, women used to, when they were living out on farms, used to disappear into the cornfields because that's what they needed to do. Right to get to re energize themselves just to take a breather is to disappear for a little bit. And I'm not advocating necessarily disappearing. Right. No. But um three things that I would say really need to to be out there that you need to do to energize yourself. The first is and they're all very basic. Sure. This isn't you know, rocket science. But sometimes we need a little reminding. Um the first is exercising and eating right. As best you can. And and when I say exercising, it could be as simple as, as trying to take a walk, um, get some friends together, even after the kids go to bed, take a walk uh, around the neighborhood or something like that. Zumba. Um, Zumba. You could do Zumba. Something like that. One, again, good role models for yeah. your kids in terms of taking care of your physical being. Um, and the eating right, you know, the more you eat right, and we tend not to, as mothers especially, we're always on the go. I always forget to eat. But the more you eat correctly, um, your blood sugar remains more stable. Yeah, you're you more will be calm. More right. You're more calm. You're more even keel. Again, makes you a better mother. Again, you are a good role model for your kids. The second is, Make time to spend with your spouse or significant other and or, you know, some friends mm-hmm. um, because you need adult time. You need time where you can disconnect and be that person you were pre-kids or at yeah. least a piece of that person. And the last is, is very simple. Just take a moment to breathe. Just to breathe, take some deep breaths, calm yourself and just remove yourself even if it's at the very end of the day um just to take yourself back down because um you need that you need to unravel the stress of the day and and there are all different techniques out there for they say you know deep series of deep breaths and just calming and thinking of positive thoughts Will start to bring your, you know, your blood pressure down and, and calm you down, and you know, I know if I've had a stressful day, and I don't do something like that, if I try and go to sleep, forget it. You know, I'm yeah, going to be head's up spinning, all night. Right. My head spinning. You well, know? and you
0: I, can't work till the you can't because that's what's hard. There's no end to the work as a mother or a father. Yeah. There's no end. Right. So at some point, you just got to also say no. Okay, I'm done. It's time now to take a moment. Yes, I'm going to take absolutely. my
6: break. Yeah. I'm going to take my break. And I've, I've actually said that to my kids. I've said, you know what? You need to go do your quiet time. You need to read. You can, you can play with the puzzle. You can play with toys. Mommy's going to be over here, yeah. and she's going to take her mommy timeout. I'm going to set the clock. Yep. I am right here. Nothing's going to happen to anybody, but mommy needs a timeout.
0: See, I do the same thing, but mine usually starts like,
6: that's it. I've had enough.
0: And then usually everybody runs away.
6: Yeah, well, you know. Then daddy's got daddy time. See, Matt, we're trying to avoid you. I know. Not getting. You're trying to help me,
0: Christina. It's not happening. I am trying to help you. No, actually, that, like the the space to breathe, I've gotten into like meditation a lot lately. And I'm telling you, that is the real deal. Having some time to breathe and to focus and to put your priorities first matters. And then you go back with that renewed energy and you. Take on your family again.
6: Absolutely, and it clears your mind. and And I say just deep breath. I actually also meditate, but some people have a real problem with yeah, that word you know, that's a and word that concept. Say. But you know, they say that it, it. And I, I was reading something even just recently that it it changes your physiology. It does. in your body. I mean, it physically changes yeah. your being. So, and for the better. Yep so that we don't get to the mat at, you know, yeah. exactly. I've had right enough. Ah! Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Christina, exactly. you're the best. This is awesome stuff. Everybody needs to go check out the book, The Missing Pages of the Parent Handbook. Christina Brockett's her name. Go to her website, Christina C-H. Christina spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. Brockett, T. Christina uh, Brockett.com. And uh, you can find her blog there. You can find her blog. By the way, Mom Evolving is the name of her blog. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're still talking about the secrets, the little things about parenting. We wish somebody had told us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. So enjoyed Christina Brockett. In fact, what a great woman. She actually volunteered to do some coaching, some special coaching, she called it, for our own Skyboy. Uh, and so they're going to start doing some calls and some webinars together. Uh, she said she's going to start with colors next Tuesday. <laughs> So, Sky, that's great news. I'm New so co- excited to yeah, finally she'll start colors. Yeah, she'll start teaching you colors and color coordination, which will be a big part of <laughs> your dressing experience. And also dressing like an adult because he can't take off the lime green shirt because underneath it is a Spider-Man <laughs> T-shirt.
1: Oh, the Well, ju- oh, I, yeah. put, I put the Spider-Man T-shirt on because I knew I'd be wearing this one over it. Yeah. But it is a cool Spider-Man T-shirt. Well, of course it, it is. is. No, sure.
0: No, sure. Um... Our own Merit Mecham is here. I am here. Merritt made it. She's, they're all wrapping up finals here. So quite honestly, I'm the only so one true. having fun on the show. The rest <laughs> are stress cases. Uh, Mike's infecting Sky's phone with emails. Sky's phone died. There's just a lot of growing up that needs to take place.
3: You know, I was running to the studio to, I, I to I the heard, show, yes. right? And I'm, as a film major, I had like 40 pounds of equipment. With, yeah, you had a, I have, like, a camera yeah. and the heaviest tripod imaginable. And you're
0: wearing that beret and that directors wear.
3: Obviously. I have my little chair, too. The director you know? beret and your little chair. No, and then I had a whole sound kit with, like, microphones. It was, yeah.
0: That's why you got here so late.
3: Yeah, because I was hauling stuff up. Yeah.
0: But you're getting buffed. Yeah. Lifting all those weights. <laughs> so um, it, maybe it's not just that parents need to learn stuff about their kids. Maybe kids need to learn stuff about parents.
3: Definitely. Because
0: you're all old enough. To start growing up.
3: Yeah, it's kind of this interesting thing where you're, you're your own person, mm-hmm. especially once you move out. It's like, oh, I can yeah. eat whatever I want.
0: <gasps> yeah, what was it's that like? like terrifying. Like, hold and then it. Cool, I can have top then... ramen any day
3: I want. Oh, see, I'm not a top ramen sort of person. Aren't you? But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. and so when, one big thing for me that I had to learn was that I don't always have to take my parents' advice.
0: Oh, hold
3: it. You know, when you're at home, it's like their advice is law, and if you want to be
0: no, 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 you're, no, no, you're missing. I'm missing point. something. Yeah. Are you
3: saying that as a parent or as a child?
0: I'm saying it as a parent. What I'm saying is, <laughs> if you want to die, you can die, but it'd be better if you just took our advice. Yeah. See, I just dichotomized it. Yeah, Either you, you die did. or you that take my advice. That was pretty extreme. But that's important. So you're feel you feel. You think that you actually have agency (laughs) to choose whatever you'd like to choose.
3: I not only think that, I know that.
0: But you don't fully realize that your parents could shut off your agency like that. Even now? I don't know. That
3: I'm moved out, making my own money?
0: I don't know. Do you ever want to go home?
3: Yeah, it's true. They kind of like me. Do you you want
0: inheritance someday?
3: Sure. That'd be cool.
0: Okay. Then just get ready to raise your parents someday. (laughs) But that's actually a good point. Uh, You eventually realize your parents also are human. Yeah. That's a weird moment. Don't you remember that one? That was like, whoa. No,
3: definitely. You guys are messed up. What's happening? Yeah.
0: My kids have not realized that yet.
3: You know, other things that I had to learn was that your (laughs) your parents, especially when you leave home, they see you a certain way. Yeah. That... may not be true
0: you're their little kid you're their little baby
3: so especially not even necessarily that i'm a little but things have happened within the space of a year and then you go back home and they they haven't been there for it
0: they don't know that you've matured obviously what do you think sky's parents think when he comes home
3: oh goodness holy cow (laughs) is nothing gonna work
0: (laughs) sky what are your parents What, what do you need to learn
1: Come what on. do I need to yeah, learn what are you learning your from you're supposed your parents? To tell me, oh, what am I learning from my parents? I
0: mean, Merritt just gave some wonderful things. I'm sure you didn't hear them, but <laughs> you were sitting there looking at her, so I thought
1: you were listening. <laughs> but what have you learned from your parents? Well, they make mistakes, just like Merritt said. Okay, so you're repeating, Merritt. <laughs> do you have a new thought that you could maybe um, add? I, honestly, I, the most thing, I, the, and in all seriousness, okay. the greatest thing I've learned from my parents is to work hard. Really? Yeah. Well, well that, that's, that's one of the biggest things. Okay. My dad works insanely hard, and he's very successful. That is true. You
0: really are a hard worker on everything outside of the studio. He and works want, hard in the studio, that. too. It just Does takes he? him a
3: really long time to get anything Okay, done.
0: okay, that's it. that's it. He works hard. It's hard work, not fast work. That's right. Hard, long work. What? What? But I appreciate it. That's actually We've got to wrap it up because we've got to go to the news. But uh, it's a great point. And I'll, we'll take it with all sincerity. Okay. Your parents taught you to work hard outside of the studio. This is, uh, we're going to come back. This is a great time of the show. Okay. Julie Nelson is going to be here. The Julie. Julie K. Nelson. We call her the child whisperer. She's going to come here. She's going to teach us how to whisper and create results with our rumor children. rumor is she's got food. And rumor is she's got food, which again, Skyboy will be very happy about in all of his green. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend show. Sitting in the room with us right now, Julie K. Nelson, the Child Whisperer, the bomb, Mom Bomb. <laughs> That's The Mom Bomb. Julie K. Nelson, wife, mother of five children, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, and uh, she's you know got a master's degree in Marriage and Family and Human Development. She teaches classes. Um, on Applied Parenting and Marriage and Relationship Skills at Utah Valley University. She's been featured in a bunch of academic journals and other online media. And uh, you can find her work at NelsonJulieK, the letter K, dot com. Today we're talking parenting. And you're going to keep going on this idea. As kids, so it's not enough that that parents have to just deal with the kids. Mm -hmm. But kids have got a lot, teens especially, have got a lot to learn And even adults, Mm -hmm. children, have got a lot to learn from their parents.
7: Yeah, just like what Merritt was just talking about. Uh, There's a lot. It's an evolving relationship. And as she said, when you're younger, your parents are like Superman. I mean, they're up on a pedestal. They can do no wrong. And you obey them because they know it all. And then as you become a teenager, a young adult, you realize, my parents don't know it all. Yeah, they're clueless.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and I so you're
7: forming a new relationship with them in the young adult years and you have a new identity yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. Merit said, she's on her own. She can pretty much call her own shots yeah. unless she wants the inheritance. Yeah.
0: Then she's, see, that's, she's
7: got to visit home once see, a See, we
0: still have that little hook on yeah. them. We need that little hook.
7: But, you know, you're going to have this long lasting relationship for many, many more years, not just the first 18. But now what do you do to navigate those long years and evolve into this other relationship that you never had before?
0: That's what I tell people like when they're divorcing. You know, your kids are going to be 30. Mm -hmm. So right now you might be able to like divorce and they'll never know kind of what happened. But by the time they're 30 – They'll know which parent is messed up. they're gonna know what's going on. They're gonna know who's healthy, who's happy, so yeah. eventually you can't fake effective
7: yeah you you figure it all out um when you're older and you and you have a whole different sense of who your parents are yeah. and now who you how you relate to them yeah and uh so there's three things I want to talk today, Matt, about how you form this new lasting relationship. Over the years, after you've moved out of your house with your parents, okay. So when you're you're going back, you're checking Mm -hmm. back
0: in. Mm -hmm. What what are we? What do we do? What does the relationship look like at that point? Yeah, because that seems hard. You do
7: have your own identity. You can call your own shots, but you also need to understand that you need to. The parents still need to be needed. Yeah. Because you can't just drop them off at 18 and say, you know, I'm done with you and you raised me now, goodbye. Yeah. Parents still need for the rest of their life to know that they are important in your life. They want connections with you as you go through all the phases of whatever you you know, parenting yourself or whatever you might do. And they need to be connected. Um, and so interdependence, I think, is the first key in having that new relationship. And yeah, we want to be independent. We want to say, yeah, we don't need our parents anymore. But remember that it is important that you don't sever those ties because those might be the very people mm-hmm. that save your life. Oh, yeah. That might be caring and helping raise your children. Yeah, There's a lot of grandparenting out there yeah. that are, you know, raising that, their raising kids. Their own right own now, grand, yeah, their own grandkids. You might even in a tight spot be back home. Yeah. And so don't sever those relationships. They really do matter. So it's
0: kind of because we're always told like cleave unto your wife mm-hmm. or your spouse and unto none other. So we're mm-hmm. supposed to kind of mm-hmm. break away. Mm-hmm. But stay connected yeah. enough that we can be independent, mm-hmm. yet you're saying, you're not even saying be independent, you're saying be interdependent.
7: Yes, interdependent. Where
0: I could choose to leave, but I want to be with my family too, and so we'll mm-hmm. do both.
7: Yeah. Um, not at, the, of course, the expense of your own right. relationship with your your husband or wife. That's, of course, all yeah. – that's all important. And with your own children. but but keeping those nurturing that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, uh, calling them, letting them know how your life is going, not being so independent and so ready to leave that now I'm not speaking to them yeah. again.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's sad mm-hmm.
7: because as mature adults and as we become truly mature, we're capable of comprehending our parents as people. And we now, like Merritt said, we see them as human beings, warts and all. Yeah. And that's when the real relationship starts because it's just like with a, the best friend, yeah. you love me no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how your, fr- your parents can be your best friend at I that love point. that.
0: And interdependent, I guess, means I don't, I can, you said I can see them, you know, the good and the bad. We mm-hmm. talked earlier about the rose and the thorns. Mm-hmm. I can see both. Mm-hmm. There's so many times that I see where one person can't see a negative in their parents. So that means they're still probably not independent of their parents. You know what I mean? At some point, you've got to be able to at least agree that your parents got this issue. Yeah. If they're not perfect. And yet you don't – you also don't have to hate them. Yeah. So you see so many times husbands and wives fighting over whose parents are more stable or <laughs> – and in reality, no one wins the game. We're no. all – we've all got we're, issues.
7: We're all messed up, right, mm-hmm. as you say, Matt? Yeah. And so accepting them for who they are because the point is they accepted you for 18 years and oh, you were messed yeah. up for a lot you of You were years. messed yeah. up. Yeah,
0: Some yeah. even longer than 18 years.
7: <laughs> You're looking at Skylar again. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i'm just seeing if he's listening
7: yeah you know and the thing about it, it's a lifelong interdependence exactly. because you know they were there when you had the skin knees they were there when they were changing the diapers and when they grow old in the old golden years hopefully you'll be there to hold their hand that's right and help change their diapers and skin that when they get skin <laughs> they, knees. yeah so it's it's a cycle and yeah. that's how families should be uh, yeah they should be there at all points of life and to not sever those ties. So, so yeah So interdependence, interdependence is one. Yeah, number one. Second, appreciation.
4: Mm.
7: As mature adults, as you form that new identity of I'm now a young adult, but now I see my parents in a new light, now I also have appreciation for everything mm-hmm. they
4: did.
0: Oh, yeah. As
7: you become a parent yourself, and probably you did this, Matt, you become a, a dad, yeah. and you're like, Dad, how in the Holy heck do you cow. do How did yeah. you do it? right. Yeah.
0: That's oh, so real.
7: This is a great quote by Mark Twain. I love it. It's one of my favorite. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished by how much he'd learned in seven years. (laughs) You know, so true. Yeah, so true. Yep. Um, we just grow in appreciation for what our parents did for us as we start to comprehend not only who yeah. they are, but what they did all those years.
0: Well, it's interesting. Like when we hear the word appreciation, I always think of like your 401K should appreciate, mm-hmm. right? This value should go up. Mm-hmm. So d- just because the role shift doesn't mean the value should go down. Mm-hmm. You should start to seriously see what they've been through or how one parent took you from – took the family from nowhere – I mean from no one ever going to school or whatever to all of us being able to go to school. I mean there's so many things oh, you sacrifice.
7: can sacrifice. Oh so and you don't really appreciate the sacrifice mm. that they did and so many um adult um children will tell me, wow, I had no idea. As they go back and interview their parents, I have them do this exercise. They say, I have yeah. no idea what they had done for me. And now as, a, as an immature adult, I can
4: yeah. truly
7: start to just begin to appreciate what they did. I had one student say this. When I was a teenager, I kept telling myself how much I wanted to be different than my parents. I did this too. Yeah. Didn't oh, yeah. everybody, Everyone. oh, I'm yeah. going to do that different than my yeah. mom. Um, when I grew up, I was going to do these things differently because they had made so many mistakes. Now – as a parent, I only hope to be half as
0: good a parent as they were. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Was that my daughter?
7: <laughs> yeah, she took my class. <laughs> I don't think that was my
0: daughter. <laughs> but, it's, but you know, just seeing them mature, you can already see that they're starting to back off of their know-it-all mm-hmm. kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that. Life's yeah. a great lesson. It
7: is. And so uh, families keep um, becoming uh, more um, important. A deeper, richer relationships, and again, with your siblings as well. You have this best friend relationship yeah. many times yeah. because then you're all going through life holding hands, doing the same types of things together, being parents together, yeah. and then you turn to your parents and go, oh my goodness, can I just worship the ground you walk yeah. on because, man, we're all still alive. You didn't kill any of us because right. I feel like killing my kids every day.
0: Oh, every day. <laughs>
7: every other I, day I at even least. I
0: try here <laughs> and there. Sky, you getting this? Uh, yep. You're waiting for the food, aren't you? Yeah. Julie brought food. Mm. She brought Cinnabons ish. Whoa! Look who perked up! (laughs) Look who perked up right there. Uh, So you're getting, but you you really wanted me to hand those out and make sure the appropriate people got their Cinnabons.
7: You know, it's because last week when I was here with you, you were fixated on Cinnabons. That was Uh. the whole theme of your radio show. Yeah. So I figure i better bring them this week. Well you did. So you, did you didn't bring. wither and die this. Well they're time. better than
1: Cinnabon. They're homemade. Yeah, absolutely. It's literally the my favorite thing in the world to eat. Second oh okay to eat. I thought your favorite thing me. <laughs> <laughs> Second oh, favorite
0: boy. thing Cinnabon to eat. <laughs> Don't I eat, Matt. Wow. Don't eat, Matt. Yeah, seriously. <clears throat> oh, what's the third the one? The third
7: thing, Matt, is forgiveness. Ooh, mm. what a hard thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because, you know, there are people who do grapple with the fact that they were raised by parents who really did yeah. mess, up, mess up. Did mess up. And it's hard to get past that. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would propose that forgiving your parents as a mature adult helps you become a better person and a better parent yourself. Yeah. You can't fully Experience what it's like to be a parent unless you have taken steps to forgive your parents. Does that mean that you excuse them? No. It just means that you've forgiven them. And there's five points that help us to see how forgive how to forgive cool. and why it makes us a better person. Because I
0: think this, like, this is a perfect time of year. Mm-hmm. Christmas, a perfect time that maybe you can go figure out. Interdependence, mm-hmm. forgiveness, and appreciation.
7: Yeah, you know, Christmas is tricky. You yeah. know who you know going back home. Yeah. Sometimes they treat you like a kid again, yeah. or all that stress happens again. But you, it, you just you got to say, I can't sever ties. They're too important for life, for the rest of my life and their life. Yeah. Um, these are the people that ultimately will be with me forever, um, for all of life's experiences, and so I I need them to be there with me. Of course now we're going to qualify. There are some adult children who have to sever ties with their yeah. parents because they're too unhealthy. Yeah. We're not talking about those. Yeah. We're talking, you know, the rest of us. So, number 1, forgiveness. As we age, we see our parents differently through our own parenting. We forgive them so that our children we'll see our example and yeah. then hope that one day they'll forgive us for yeah. our mistakes. So you're modeling mm-hmm.
0: forgiveness and getting on and moving on.
7: I want my children for to forgive sake. me. Yeah, I want so they're going to see me forgiving my parents. If I hold grudges, then they're going to think that's the way. Yeah, that's how you do that's it. That's how you do it. Okay? Number 2. We are more ready to forgive their mistakes as we see ourselves making mistakes too. Mm. We both soften a lot with age and with experience. So we see ourselves making mistakes every day as parents, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, maybe it is time to forgive my parents for those things because I, I mess up a lot too. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. And then you forgive yourself oh, yeah. easier. So it's a healing process for yourself as a Forgiveness parent. is
0: the healing process. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, you're giving. it's for, it's You're the one that is keeping it away from you, mm-hmm. and forgiveness allows you to start yeah getting it again yeah
7: and again like we talked about you don't have to love your parents all the way through no. they do have some spots that you have to step around yeah there's some some parents that have some tricky parts to right. them but you can still love them for who they are like you'd love a best friend yeah you know I have a good friend who really is you know self-absorbed so I kind of have to look over that part but the rest of her I love right. her you yeah. know
0: and you you know how to manage her. trust her some yeah. ways
7: yeah and stay my distance from some sometimes you know yeah don't or,
0: like depend on a kidney yeah <laughs> She's she's not going to give you a kidney. <laughs> right. She's too self-absorbed. That's right.
7: That's right. But for the things I need to get But to nurture, a cup of butter, right. A cup of butter, I'll, I'll ask for that. That's good. 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 Good, Matt. Three, we appreciate their parenting efforts as we understand just how hard it was for them to parent us. Not until we actually have a baby in diapers do we say, how in the world did you do that, dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or we get through the terrible twos or we get through an eight-year-old or 12-year-old and then we're like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was not aware during all those years because I was a kid. Now I'm aware and now I can really appreciate you. So it's it's That's easier big. to forgive. Yeah. Um, next one. Even if our mistakes will be less profound than theirs, forgiveness releases us from wasting any more energy on what might have been. Yeah. So we, we can move yeah, forward. Yeah, we
0: like to hang on to mm-hmm, that past.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: And we're not going to be as effective a parent if no. we're still hanging on to what might have been. We can fully move forward as a parent ourselves if we have moved past the mistakes of our parents, big or small.
0: Live in the now. Come Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Yeah, and your
7: kids will thrive under that. Last one, if we had parents who were not ideal and we suffered from it, and I know a lot of our listeners are saying, yeah, you know, I had really lousy parents. We can forgive by asking these three questions. Ask yourself these questions, listeners, if you did have a parent who was lousy and you haven't moved past it. What was it in their background that caused them to act that way? Start to comprehend them because you're a mature adult now. You can understand. You can see the circumstances. Maybe it was the way that their parents – Yeah, exactly. Number two, how were they doing the best they could?
0: Yeah, where were they trying? Under
7: their circumstances. Mm -hmm. This is all they knew.
0: So you're humanizing Mm -hmm. your parent now. They're not just a villain, horrible, evil person. Right, They're a human being. Because
7: guess what? You're doing the best you can under your circumstances and what you know right now. Your limited understanding, whatever it is, my limited understanding, I'm doing the best I know. That's what they did. You can't any more from them or from you.
0: That's huge.
7: And last of all, why are you now a stronger person and a better person from knowing what you know now because of your upbringing? Maybe you were in that home because it it gave you the strength to become who you are today. That's huge. So yeah, forgive. Forgive. And move on and be better. And be
0: a strong link. I mm-hmm. mean,
7: mm-hmm.
0: mom and dad were messed up. Grandma and grandma were messed up. Even, Great more, grandma messed. And grandma. Even more messed up. So be the strong link. Uh-huh. Someone's got to be the, um, the change agent. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to say, OK, I'm not handing it down to my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm stopping it.
7: Right. right. And
0: that might have to be the parent who's the young child who, or the child that's grown up and is now a parent. Somebody's got to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. yeah. If I gave you another child right now, a baby.
7: Mm. I'm too old, Matt.
0: Would you to think about it though, would you go do it again right now? If 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 a ba- if someone said I need you to take care of this baby, mm-hmm. you'd do it. Oh, absolutely. What if the baby was like, I don't know, 20 something years old and wears a lot of green?
7: <laughs> I would take Skyboy in a second. Would he's you? sweet. He's like the, he's the, he's the coolest kid ever.
0: Have you ever seen the Tasmanian devil?
7: Yeah, that's him. That's Skyboy. Mhm. He looks like the red hair. Yeah,
0: he even spins in and he spins out.
7: Yeah. No, I'd take him. Could I you? yeah, I'd take him.
1: How much would you pay for him?
7: <laughs> Two dollars and ninety nine cents.
1: Well, that's not going to work. I'm in die good cinnabon with that money. Yeah, you could. I yeah. brought you a cinnabon. I know. I'm really excited. Dude, that's good <laughs> stuff.
7: Yeah. So, you know, again, it's the young adults in all of us who, who have become mature people who can now move on with a new relationship with their grown parents. Yeah.
0: That's the that's a challenge I'll give everyone is make that – that's the gift you're going to give yourself this year. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness, mm-hmm. start Inter- appreciating, start being interdependent.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and appreciate your parents. Write them a little note at Christmas time. And And you know, and with a gift or without a gift, it doesn't matter. those little you know yeah. things you can buy, but what really matters is writing them a thank you note.
0: And none of that is contingent on them. Hmm. You can be interdependent without them. I mean, you can try, you can be in the place where it could be interdependence, but if they're not there, you're still there. Mm-hmm. You can still appreciate. Yeah. Even if they don't accept it.
7: And you can be the bigger person. You know, maybe your parents still haven't grown up in some ways. Yeah. But you can be the bigger person because you, you are the mature one now. Mm. And uh, that that's, that's huge. and It's powerful. And it passes on these lessons to your own children. That's
0: right. There it is. The Child Whisperer. Once again, bringing it to you live on the Matt Townsend Show. Go check out her website, NelsonJulieK, letter K, dot com. She's still working on that. <laughs> NelsonJulieK.com. Also, go read her book, Parenting with Spiritual Power. See, that, those were all very spiritual points as well. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're going to talk about, uh, to wrap up the show, we're going to share our parent freakouts, a roundtable. And uh, and then we're going to see how Sky reacts to everyone eating his Cinnabon. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend <laughs> Show right here on BYU Radio. The Matt Townsend Roundup for the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up the show right now. We uh, we always like to, you know, play a game, but we've used our music for the day. We've used Sky's one push of music, and uh, that was the Hallelujah Chorus when he found out we had food. <laughs> so what we're going to do today right now, we're going to talk about when did your parents irrationally freak out? And I would just like to say something really fast. My parents have never, ever, 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 ever irrationally freaked out. My mother's Liar. a saint. She's she's a gift from heaven and near perfection. I'm saying that because I know she listens every day and the last few Suck days. Up. Yes. <laughs> but she's called and she said something like, I'm sorry I've ruined your life. But I'm saying you didn't ruin my life and you've never irrationally freaked out. Your daughters, on the other hand, messed up. <laughs> They don't listen to the show. Okay, Merit, uh, do you have a, a hypothetical? Because we a know we're not talking about your parents.
3: Uh, of course not.
0: You had a friend.
3: Uh, whose yeah, parent, a friend they of a friend. had a friend named Merit. Roommate. Yeah.
0: Okay, and Merritt's parents did what?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say it like it was me, because we had the same name.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> That's good. Pretend I get you.
3: Okay. So, I was getting ready to sing a solo in one of my high school choir concerts. Cool. What that was, was the, thing what I was the
0: solo? What was it?
3: You know... <laughs> It was um, Merry Christmas, Darling by Karen Carpenter. Mm.
0: And let's just hear a bit of that.
3: And no. So I was getting ready for it and I was super nervous. And we were decorating the Christmas tree right before this concert. And I was kind of putting myself in a state because I was nervous and I don't know. You were freaking out. Yeah, I was freaking out. And my dad got mad at me for not having the confidence that I should.
0: Your dad, the music professor. Yes. Yes.
3: Okay. said that I was fine and that I sang fine and that I would do well. And so he got mad at me and was <laughs> basically yelling at me that he loved me and that I would be okay. Paul, your head
0: out. <laughs> you will be wonderful. Yeah. That's great. And I
3: was sobbing was a while we're decorating the Christmas He was pumping you tree. up. It was a great, yeah.
0: Did you go to <laughs> you the know? performance with red eyes? Red puffy eyes. <laughs> a little bit. That's all right.
3: And then you know what? It was fine and he Did still you loved it? me and it was good.
0: And you nailed it. Sure. And then that's when you got the job on the radio show.
3: We can skip ahead that far, yeah.
0: Hypothetically. Hypothetically, if this was about if you. this was me. Okay. I like it. That was good.
3: Yeah. But it's kind of irrational. You know it was what, a freak out, but it was a good freak out. If
0: I'm a betting man, your dad saw in you fears that he had seen in himself, and he was yeah. mad that you're all afraid. Come on. Come on. That's good. Okay, Julie, you got one.
7: I have one. So classic one. Uh, my husband... Graduated finally with his master's degree, we got a great job, and he had three choices of where to move to. We chose Chicago.
0: From where to where to where? I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, could have gone.
7: And we were hoping to go back west because we're both from Oregon. Yeah. So we phoned up my parents to let them know the happy news. You're going to Chicago. Going to Chicago, windy city. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, "I beg you with every fiber of my being not to go." Wow! Yeah,
0: she pulled out the fiber of being. Yes, quote.
7: and my dad said, "Avoid it like the plague." Freak out! Wow. I'm like, "Excuse me." Do they hate um,
0: windy cities? Did you
7: remember that I was born there? And you used to live there.
0: Why were they so angry?
7: Because they were taking away. I was taking away their grandchildren, and they wouldn't see me anymore because I'd be out in the Midwest, and they're on the West Coast, and they were freaked out. I've never forgotten that. I mean, that was the weirdest. Really? <laughs> yes. Now, of course, we have gotten past that. And but isn't finally, that when
0: you fell into a gang?
7: Yeah, that's right. The mafia and started actually drive by shooting. It was people. Chicago mafia. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. my heaven. See, there your parents were right. But they
7: freaked out. For a while, and then it took them a little while to realize I was going to be there for a few years. They better like it.
0: Yeah. Did Ma- <laughs> did your mom ever get her fibers of her being back?
7: <laughs> she did. did and she we ever laugh about it.
0: Re fiber. We-,
7: we laugh about it now, yes. Wow. But it was pretty dramatic.
0: But see, parents love, like, so I'm like, much. like, did you
7: forget that we used to live out there? Yeah, relax. Raised- yeah. I
0: think it was because they didn't want the kids to go. The, you that's know, right, that's right. They didn't want to lose you.
7: Little grandbabies. Mm hmm.
0: Sky's from the Midwest. It's not bad. used nice to live in sh- Chicago. Way to go! Yeah, look how he turned homie. out. Homie, homie. <laughs> okay, Sky, do you have a story of where your parents hypothetically freaked out? Because they don't freak out. Your parents are saints. Yeah, they freaked I out. I didn't have parents? Well, his <laughs> My adopted story parents. I'm talking okay. about. Yeah. <laughs> his, um, his story's kind of fluid. It's a fluid story.
1: <laughs> I uh, I remember. I got caught. I was staying up just about every night using their cell phones to call a girl. Why would they freak out about that? <laughs> hey,
0: what was
2: what was the bill you racked up?
1: I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I thought it was an expensive bill. I know,
2: I know the bill that what? I racked up.
1: <laughs> How much was your bill? Was it expensive? It was probably expensive. Cell phones were kind of a new thing. They I were big, one. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. You had To have and, someone uh, help you hold it. So. <laughs> okay. So what happened? Ah, uh, you know, got grounded a, a lot. They, they... But I'd still, I'd still find ways to sneak the phone or See. I'd sneak out and I hope they're not listening. Well, I'm sure but, we, are. <laughs> we I talked I to my every day. that was that was a long time ago, so. So, who freaks out more, mom or dad? I don't know. See, my I family, probably I don't know. It's different. I remember there? I remember one time I was legitimately scared my brother was doing something stupid. And driving my dad crazy, finally my dad just lost it and just, like, chased him down. And I've never seen—it looked like a bull, just, like, Ooh, raging, charging cool. my brother. My yeah. brother just, like, took off sprinting. My dad caught him, picked him up by one arm, and, like, threw him in his room. Yes. And- <laughs> Victory.
0: <laughs> that's good. Cool. See, I don't ever—I—until my wife's mad, I don't get mad usually. Well, I mean, she—but then when she's mad, I get way mad.
2: Get—get get
1: over here! I'll get you. Your dad sounds like a saint. Yeah, that's the only time he's really like.
2: A very athletic, like, field and track. Really? <laughs> Chased <laughs> him down. Sprinting, yeah. hammer throw. It was scary. Kind of, <laughs> you know what? You
1: need your father right now because he'd chase you down. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's He was younger then.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> Here he goes. He's dissing. Julie, he's dissing old people like us. So rude. Well, there you have it. I, again, my mother's perfect. My father, perfect people.
7: So are mine. Absolutely.
0: Gifts from heaven done no wrong.
7: Never made a mistake. Yeah.
0: We're just trying Suck to carry tradition. <laughs> and again, uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, learning the lessons, you know, n- none of us really got by reading The Parent Handbook. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more tools, more ideas, more solutions to give you a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Thanks for joining us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.